time for Australia's freshest craft beer podcast with the Step Brewers. With your hosts, Papa Sweeney and the Juice Wolf. Take it away, lads. Thank you, Dennis. Dennis. My boy. Yes. My boy. Well, mate. Hey, mate. There's other people in the room today. I know. It feels weird. <laughs> feels real weird. Feels real I weird. I like it, though. Do you, wanna, do you want me to... Fire away, my friend. You're standing up. Well, with like me, with me, I have the Juice Wolf himself. Yes. Hello. Who, in his juicy wisdom, was right up and about on Friday night at the launch of Fox Friday. Yeah, if you haven't seen that video, I dressed appropriately and uh, had a great time. So. Yeah, there was a lot of compliments about your Great Northern uh, top. So thank you to Great Northern for hooking that up. Sport, along with great BCF, local beers. That's uh, all I Fishing, say. camping, fun. Yes. Also with you is Daddy Sweden, your boy, the daddy. He's here. Now, it's been said that after winning Australian Cider Maker of the Year, two years running, he was banned from entering orchards in the Huon Valley. He'd walk through the rows and those plump, little, delicious apples would throw themselves from their branches just to be part of the cider, this man-made. He once canned so much beer in a day that he ran, ran every single tank dry at Shambles Brewery and he started squeezing the froth from his mighty beard in an attempt to get more volume to pack. It's the king of the Kobe, the uberkind of the underfull, the sultan of the silver bullet. It's your boy, Jimmy Anderson. Jimbo, welcome. Thanks very much for having me. Great to be here. Oh, so good to hear. It's very, hear this, this has been a long time coming, I think. Well, I've been waiting for the invite for quite some time, but Benny Hooper just seems to keep pipping me at the post. Yeah, and <laughs> rubbing it in. A touch, yeah, that's okay. Now we have two more intros. Two more, shit. Fire away, keep going. You're feeling fired up, I like it. Weg's here. Weg's here. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it later. Hello, Weg. I'm not exactly happy about it. But you're a fucking diva and you needed the Weg, so whatever. Um, it's been said that despite Jimmy's apple squeezing being impressive, these boys managed to sque- squeeze fucking rocks, mate. And you know what comes out of those rocks? Some of the damn finest juice in this entire fucking country. Amen. With their focus on sustainability, growing local and brewing fresh as fuck, it's no wonder that these boys are a shining light in the Western Australian craft brew scene. Our man, the ambassador from WA, Rob Stu, always hooking us up. Yep. The Rangers from the Ridges. It's your boys. Hamish and Ricky from Rocky Ridge. Woo. Howdy. Hello, boys. Hey, How are we going? Very good. Very good, thank you. Very fired up. Good to hear. Rock juice in our hands, I would almost say, as soon as people in WA. Yeah, it's timed up well. It's, mm. been, it's been in my fridge all week, and it's been very hard not to open a couple well, of cans. We, we definitely thought to give it a little bit of extra time in can um, oh, okay. just before the release, just to smooth out those those rather green hoppy edges. Yep. So it's, um, t- it's come together very nicely, and yeah, very that happy might, that might be fun to talk about later, especially with yeah our guest host tonight, Jimmy Anderson, who is the maestro of the Cody Canning line himself from Shambles Brewery. Mm-hmm. Very nice to have you on the show, mate. mate. Your technical nouse. Yes, yes. No, <laughs> let's, you've really talked me up. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and it is also really good to have a proper beard on the show that looks like a fucking ZZ Top rendition. Uh, competition's not hard to beat. <laughs> uh, that's very true Ali yeah definite props mate but um, Klimt's yep my uh, 
four-year-old son's probably got more facial hair than you, mate. So wow, very good, very good. The All savagery right. has begun. Yes, it has indeed. begun. Please it has begun. <laughs> we will introduce the wig properly at some stage during Sip Skip or Cellar. But Hamish, Ricky, what are you drinking, guys? Um, well, I after. All the sample stock that I had of rock juice got used on the tasting on Friday night, shortly before to customers. We were doing it. Yeah, and it all ran out. At, we started the tasting at four at three p.m. and it sold out by four thirty. So, um, wow. it was a rather short and short and sweet tasting. I'm actually drinking a double raspberry shake by Great Notion from oh. Portland. Oh, nice! Um, a nice little sweet, um, sweet sour. Wow! That sweet and sour combo. I uh, thought it'd crack something appropriate for, for such dignified company. Subtle flex, I like that. <laughs> very subtle, but very nice. Very nice. You had a bit of a big night at the Rock Juice launch, I hear. Yes, I think the guys down south did as well. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was up here for the for the Perth uh, launches, but I think the guys down south, according to uh, Ash, our, one of our brewers, he lost his phone and and subsequently lost his life as well. Losing. <laughs> 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 I can't speak on behalf of Hamish, but I'm sure his head would have been a little yeah. worse for wear. I can relate a to this. Saturday morning. Yeah, it was bloody, um, bloody good fun. Big shout out to the Goose uh, Beach Bar and Cafe. They um, absolutely crushed it. It was a hell of a lot of fun. Yep. I'm, I'm assuming the beers sold out everywhere by the time this airs, which is Thursday. So online, week. Rock Juice sales sold out within five minutes. So I yeah. hear boys, which is very five impressive. minutes. Yeah, we have a small handful of cases um, to go out to some other venues here in Perth, and then. We do um, our East Coast distribution through Northdown, um, yep. and they have a little bit up their sleeve as well. So there may be some that will kick around as of Thursday, but it, it'll come and go pretty quickly. Yep. Just uh, just out of interest, is there going to be any of uh, the rock juice available this coming weekend over in Fremantle? I hear there's a, there's a particular barbecue chef at a brewery just down the road from you who's very keen to untie the knot, he tells me. <laughs> well, we've got a bit of a tradition, a bit of a tradition going with that, um, with Fremantle Beer Fest and our good friend Nathan. So um, I don't think he wants to continue that particular tradition that we're talking about necessarily. <laughs> I swear he's, he's probably not the first nor the last person that's um, ended up conceiving as a result of Rock Juice Weekend. Whoa, so, I'm whoa. sure. Scoop, sure. Scoops abound. Yes. Scoops abound. <laughs> I've just, yeah, uh, I've just realised. Very keen, very keen for this coming weekend. <laughs> I hadn't actually hadn't actually realised before I tasted this because I didn't look at the can disrespectfully that this I'm beer is ten percent. Uh, yes, of course, it always is, my friend. We we actually uh, last year was ten point five. Mm, big like boy. Keeping in the spirit of double di- double digits, we and being very responsible. Yes, um, of course, always man- very manageable ten percent this time around. Mm. Um, I guess that's the nature of the beer itself as we're constantly kind of evolving it and changing it up, um, which is, yeah, that's the fun part. Yeah, so you changed hops as well with that one? Like, does that change much or not really? Yeah, it's changed a huge amount. So this is actually the first time we've strayed away from using 100% Australian ingredients in rock juice. Oh, um, nice. So we, uh, we used Strata, Samba and Eldorado as well, uh, which... Give it a huge amount of that real fresh mango and um, pineapple coming through. Yeah, yeah. A little Eldorado candy there, almost. Yeah, nice and sticky. 
but mm. no, very happy with how it's drinking. It's um, delightful. No, it is. It's drinking very well. well Are we going to drink the remember, other? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, none of us have got any left either. So. Oh. <laughs> well, apparently we've got to save these last two for photos, um, but, you know, we'll just Look, we'll mate, see we what happens probably, after sticky dates. I could probably survive with one can to myself. So if you want to have another one, uh, then go ahead. Oh, thank you, sir. You have my permission. Just leave the, the pristine undented ones. Not that they are dented, but, you know, you've got to have that, that good-looking can Post. for a photo. <laughs> yes, shout out to Australia Post, <laughs> keeping us all very well uh, stocked up with our fridges over the last few months. Let me put it that way. I was saying uh, last year when we had Rock Juice, Rob's Juice sent us up a couple. Um, that was my first Rock Juice experience, and it was... I think one of the most cracking, balanced New England-style beers in Australia without going on to that cloyingly heavy mm. lactose overload. Um, so, yeah, it's really exciting to hear that you guys, you know, putting into pack, you know, making that call to, to hold it back a little bit because I think a lot of the... Um, we're seeing a sort of trend we were going to talk about on an episode soon. We're seeing a lot of haze coming out and people are accepting that it's not ready. Being like, oh, this will be better in like 30 days or a month or something. And I just think that that is a really bad thing for beer and a it's bad a, brewer's call. It's a really bad idea to do that. Um, I mean, for us, Rock Juice is one of the longest beers that we have in tank other than the Pilsner. Um, so we actually, we gave that six weeks um, just to, to really make sure that it matured because otherwise you just get that horrible green bite and astringency mm. going on, mm. which hop, hop burn is not a good character to have in beer. I That's think it's just, definitely the best way to go as well. If you have the equipment to be able to be able to give it the time in tank as yep. opposed to giving it that sort of you know quick you smash through your your dry hopping regime and you you put it into into can as quickly as you can yeah um it's it's i think it's far better product having mature in in larger vessels stainless than definitely than definitely and we can't all afford uh, centrifuges like our good homies at deeds so <laughs> deeds. uh <laughs> must be well, nice Hamish can um, can definitely attest to their their fine pieces of, of uh, infrastructure yeah, and equipment that. after the collab they did there. Oh, yeah, really? Beautiful mm. brewery. Yeah. Oh, you guys did the um, Imperial Wheat Wine, was it? Yeah. 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 No, they are great guys, great brewers, and very nice bit of kit down there. Mm. Oh yeah, had had a de definite brewery envy going on, but. Um. <laughs> been invited to go up and uh brew with them for a week uh, in the new year when when all the opening is uh you know borders are opened up and everything's all good so shout out to all our victorian homies i hope you all got on the beers we noticed that our listenership was down quite a bit <laughs> the weekend we released the episode because you're all at the friggin pub Fair enough. No, no. Fair and, enough. and we support that 100 uh tonight's episode is brought to you by our patreon Laser beams abound. If you want to join our Patreon, hit it up. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we get the guys involved. The latest thing the guys are involved in is being part of the brewing panel, uh, the judging panel, sorry, for our Steppy Awards. The third annual. Third annual. So this year we're going out to the whole of Australia. We've got a pretty ridiculous, to be honest, uh, judging panel so far. You've got people like Carwin Sellers, Mr. West, uh, Tipplers Tap, Cool Wine, uh, over in WA, we've got, uh, I believe, Dutch, Dutch Trading Co. Mm -hmm. And uh, is it Celebrations at Carlisle? Yep. Uh, we've got those yeah, guys on the, board. 
two of the launch venues for Rock Juice on Friday as well. So mm. there you yeah, go. There massive you go. venues. We're talking to the right places then, by the sense. Exactly yes. the right places. Yeah, uh, so yeah, it is an absolutely cracking panel. Um, we've got some of Australia's finest beer fans <laughs> joining as well now. Um, and our Patreon will be giving out their own awards. So jump on the Patreon. This episode is brought to you by them. Let's hit some sip, skip or seller. Well, I do have a few of these beers from you boys in this list, but we've already talked a little bit about the the Rock Juice version 7, as you said, uh, hopped with Strata, Eldorado and Samba Hops. 32 grams per litre. Very nice. Yeah, we don't skimp on this. Beer. 32 grams per litre. Yeah. Yep. Right. What was the actual... I think Hamish had the, the figures, but I think in terms of... What the final yield? What was what we dropped down from? How uh, It's disgusting. Um, we we started <laughs> with thirty-four heck in tank and ended up with twenty-two heck. Um, so yeah, <laughs> lost, lost I'm pretty sure that just paid for the fuge, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Coupling that, we're trying to get it out to to venues at the you know most tolerable price possible. <laughs> um, it's quite quite the battle. Yeah. So. Um, absolutely, I am selling the shit out of it, but not that I can. Well, stocking is the... Stocking uh, as much as I can, which is the four-pack that we've kindly received from you boys, so thank you very much. Uh, but I'll be enjoying that one by myself, photographing it, quotation marks. Yeah, I love that <laughs> photographing it is always like, a, I definitely need the sticky dates and I also need the fermentarium because I need to photograph them. Yes. <laughs> just because I can't uh, press the Oh, buttons. you can't come around, man? Oh, that's no good. Sorry. Um, <laughs> just have to my, push on. Uh, my lovely fiance takes a lot of our photos for our social media and Beautiful. I have to, I have to, Due, yeah, due diligence and finish the cans once the photo's been taken. Smart. Yeah, it's, it's smart. hard it's work, hard isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, very hard work. Um, yeah, so how everyone else is enjoying it around the table? 100%. Absolutely uh, loving this beer. Absolutely. I'm big, big seller. Stock it up if I could. I'm going to be looking out for it. Yeah, 100% percent makes it down, uh, down to Tassie. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, I believe Cool Wine are a bit of a stockist of uh, yeah, the definitely. old Rocky Ridge. Been uh, yeah. popping up. I've been uh, drinking a few of the Melon Colonies recently. Oh, nice. mm. The opposite um, end of the spectrum. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Weg, uh, we've got Weg here. Weg, what do you think about this one? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd drink more. You drink more? So do you want to sip it? Do you want to skip it? Or do you want to cellar it? Um, well, if it's sold out, I can't cellar it, but I would if I could. Fucking hell. She's the new guy. Uh, can you, can you explain Weg to the listeners? Because, I mean, <laughs> I'm not even enjoying looking at him, to be honest. So, obviously, you know, we're very popular here at the Step Brothers Podcast and... Uh, we have a lot of demands and a lot of requests flying in. You have a lot of demands and requests, mate. And it's getting very overwhelming. So um, we've had to get a work experience guy in, also known as the WEG, uh, just to help out you know, around the podcast and you know, let us do our jobs. So, look, he doesn't know much. He's not, I don't know if he's, he's not great yet. I held him down the other day and made him do a barley wine layback. <laughs> And he said craft beer was fine afterwards. <laughs> so we've got a ways to go with a work experience guy. So um, this is his first shift. So he's 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 learned the ropes. He's doing. He's Mate, you're a diva. That's the real story. You're a diva. I need help, man. I've got to be a personality on social media these days. That's what I've got to do. As I said to you before, we started recording. 
I'm not going to make eye contact with him. Yep. I want my glasses filled. Yep. And if he even looks at me, I'm going to be upset. That's fu- that's fair enough. That's can, fair enough. Can I still can I still get your autograph? Shh. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to. We'll walk. continue. Yeah, back in your corner, please. Wag for fuck's sake. Um. Anyway, we push on. Sorry about that, boys. He's he doesn't know what he's doing. Anyway, um. We'll we'll move on with a with another. Well, he, ma- he made a good call on the seller call. Yeah. No. He at least he call. he knows where. It, what to do with his decision I mean, making at least. I'm looking at you, Jimmy, with your glorious beard and the smile in your eyes. I'm assuming you're a seller on this. Hard seller, mate. Very, very hard seller. Do you, Beautiful um, job, boys. It's um yeah, perfect balance of mango splice in the glass. It's mm. it I, I, I can understand why Nathan got himself into the situation that he got himself <laughs> into now. Um <laughs> I find that it's not um it's not as heavy as a lot of the uh, the hardcore chunk going around. Oh, it definitely holds its holds its alcohol impeccably mm. well. Yes, um, there's there's nothing that gives the illusion that it's a a double figures um, ABV. Not, not at all. Not even close. So awesome head retention. Yeah, obviously whoever's running your canning lines doing a bloody good job. Yeah, and it, I think it also doesn't have that huge heavy uh, calcium chloride over the top thick chalkiness. Yeah, um, which, which makes it super drinkable. Yeah, that not that that's a bad thing. At the heart of it, all, it's still very much a double IPA. It mm. has some bitterness as well, which kind of ties it all together. Which it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think is an essential part of a whatever type of IPA it may be. I think, like, yeah, in that sense, that's probably one of the reasons everyone loves rock juice so much. And you don't actually use the uh, the fabled words Nipper anywhere on the can, do you? No, very deliberately, don't name it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's. It's rock juice, um, but very much we, we don't aim to make it super hazy. We aim to make it as hoppy and just beautiful as we possibly can. So it's more about a balanced drinking experience. Yeah, it's great. about it being like thick mouthfeel or chalky or anything along those yeah. lines because well, we, we don't set out to make beers like that. We set out to make the best beers we possibly can. Tick, tick and tick. Yeah, <laughs> very, very good stuff always. Cool. We've got another beer on the table, which we haven't cracked into yet, but we will talk about for Sip Skip, and that's the new currency. Not new currency, next episode. Mate, you're very much just, like, sucking up to the boys because they're on the show. Like, hey, I've got to talk about the beers that are on the table. Are you going to smash them later on in I'm your I'm just questions? figuring out when we place this one in the, in the lineup today because I know we started off with 10%. Do we just creep up a little bit to your 11% triple dry hop West Coast triple IPA? I think so. Might be I reckon nice. go for it. No. Yeah, I've been given the tick of approval, so um, I'll be sipping on that bad boy, as there's only one can here, which is more than fine because it's a big boy. But um, It's one of the new cans too. One of the it? new cans and the big 500ml, which we like to see big boy 500ml cans. That's great. I didn't realise when uh, when we received the delicious beer mail pack from you guys. I saw the labels and I was like, oh, wicked, some Rocky Ridge. Um, I didn't know this was a triple dry hopped West Coast triple IPA, essentially. 10, 10, 2, what is it? 10, 2? 11. I think 11. Yeah, 11. Yeah. 11. Mm. Uh, very excitable. My favourite style of beer of all time. We'll be cracking that very shortly. We will. Okay, I, I'm, I'm calling it already. I'm calling based on reputation... And ability to brew good IPA, I'm a seller. Seller, beautiful. Jim, how do you feel? Yeah, I think I'll raise a flag to seller as well, mate. This is, um, yeah, definitely one that I want to be around for. Yeah, yeah. Well, you will be, which is great. I love the reference. I love the reference. (laughs) 
It is good. It is good. So we could either go. Do, I presume you boys over there, you, you're going to bake your own beers and you're going to sell sell them all. So oh, there's, even... there's definitely for the the 500 mil releases. It seems like there's both sides of the spectrum with each of those releases we've done. So we've done the and obviously new currency being a, a kind of a. As, as I called it, a tip of the fedora to the new world beer styles. <laughs> tip of the fedora. <laughs> I like that a lot. Bloody brilliant. But, yeah, then there's on the other other side of the coin, we've got um, a big, ballsy, triple West Coast. So, mm. yeah, they are different beers. So um, I know which ones I'd prefer, but I'll, I'll get your guys' takes on it first, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well definitely. definitely. Speaking of the new currency, maybe we have that next, which is the, the oat cream. But... Oh, okay. So okay, we got that too. Just going to throw that in the hat as well. So we've got the mango and vanilla oat cream IPA, eight point five percent mango mm. and vanilla. Yes, mm. could be a nice little step on. I think so. Maybe we, you know, what do you think, boys? Do we go with that next, or do we go with the the West Coast? What are your thoughts? My take would go for the West Coast. Ooh. Oh, I Did like you, it. <laughs> I like. I'm, yeah. I'm all for it. Throw mm. caution to the, the wind next as well. Okay, well, the brewers have said it, the team have said it, it's happening. Um, I am just going to be a sip call on this, just based on style and mango and vanilla, but um, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Mango and vanilla can be a little bit low-hanging fruit, so I'm keen to see <laughs> Keen to see if you've... Uh, Depends on which part of the country you're in, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just, in terms of adding to a beer, I'm just... Of course. I'm keen to see how, uh, how you've interpreted that, if it's with a soft hand or not. Uh, but you know what? If it's uh, if it's heavy-handed, then I'll just uh, drop a little Russell Crowe. Are you not entertained and <laughs> understand what's happening? <laughs> oh dear me! Yeah, I'm just a sip as well, only because you know uh, I have. You're off the oats, brother. I'm off the oats at the moment. Lactose and I not getting on too well, but when I get one that's really well balanced, I I do appreciate it a lot. So I'm keen to rip into it anyway. Just I'm um, sick of those big chunky sunscreen. Oh yeah, she's a she's a chonky girl. That one. Okay, chonky <laughs> it is. So I'm looking forward to it regardless. But um, no, no sabro on that. No sabro, Ali which definitely sabro. definitely helps. So we're, we've um, got a lovely um, a beer forum or Facebook group over here uh, called Perth Beer Snobs. Yep, I'm I not know. sure if you guys we know the to. snobs. We know and, the snobs. Um, there was a, a complaint on there about the beer not tasting like beer, and um, uh, the irony of that and not figuring out the reference was was very amusing. The fact that it's called New Currency and it doesn't even taste like beer. Tick like, job done. <laughs> new money neckbeard money, uh, beer is uh, where it's at, isn't it? Eighty percent of New Currency neckbeards would not enjoy this. <laughs> uh, very good. Well, you know, we'll go old school and we'll get into that. Oh, you've opened the you've opened the oat cream. I'm intrigued. Okay, well, going against the. Brewer's recommendations here. North oh, go for brewer. Well, open both. Open There's both. no rules around here. Right, yeah. Well, we've just finished Rock Juice 1 and 2. Did we drink 2 just then or just 1? A couple of cans. We've gone through 2 already. Jeepers. That's half the pack already. Okay, that's Very fine. happy with this year. Look, we're going to move away from the Rocky Ridge beers just for a second because we've got a you know an interview coming up with the boys. Um, but let's talk about Bridge Road with their Xmas beer. So Fat Man Red Suit Big Sack and a Magical Xmas Unicorn, 7.5% and 7.3%. Mm, the so, old Oud Bruins. The old Oud Bruins. So I like I actually get around the uh, Christmas-themed Bridge Road beers every year. I actually do enjoy them when I pick them up, and mm. uh, I will be just sipping on them. I'll second that. 
I'll just yeah. be sipping on them. I might be buying a lot of them. But I'm not a big fan of a uh, themed beer, nor a Christmas themed beer. Oh, okay. But I am a big fan of Bridge Road. So. You're not merry, mate. I'm, I'm not merry, no. No. come from a long line of Austrians who we hate Christmas. Um because it's evil. The only good thing about Christmas is Krampus. If you don't know what Krampus is, you should look it up. Um, but I'm a big sip on these two bad boys because uh, Bridge Road do great beer. They do. They do. I think we're planning to link up at some stage and do Bridge Ridge and Rocky Road as two different collaboration oh, beers. I love that. On the other side that. of the way. Obviously, COVID, COVID stood in the way of that a little bit. Yeah, um, but shout out to Dave from Bridge Road SA. He's a good friend of mine. And yeah. Hopefully we'll get that to come to fruition soon enough. Yeah, that sounds awesome. You guys are sipping or skipping or cellaring these ones? From personal experience, I've always enjoyed them, but I'm, I'm a, definitely a, I'm a sipper on that one as well. I don't think it'd be something I'd be smashing large quantities of. Yep. Um, what about you, Hamish? They're always yeah, awesome. no, definitely in a sip vote for me as well. Um, very enjoyable, but by the same token, not something that I'd be uh, sessioning too long on. I want to I want to test a little theory here, Weg. What are we thinking about Oudbrun as a style? Is that something you're into? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> All right, just cut him off. Alex. Cut him off. He doesn't know what Oudbrun is. Okay, that's fine. We'll buy him one, I suppose. Or Bridge Roads, you can send us one. That would be more appropriate. Yeah, I'll slide into the DMs. A um, couple more beers before we move on, boys. Uh, Stonewood Counterculture Earl of Swell Berry Cream Sour, six point nine percent has lactose. I'm a skip. <laughs> <laughs> you used to used to be such a chunky boy. I know. The world has is changed. It, is it not a cream ale or is it actually like a, a lactose? A berry cream, cream berry cream sour. I wasn't sure um, talking to Caitlin who who works for Stone and Wood over here, she she was alluding to the fact that it was actually like a cream ale, thinking like a Oh, well, like I don't the, know. I haven't tried the, it. The yeah, old, like a lager. Like the old school style. No, I believe yeah. I believe it's very much a hypey boy. Yeah. Um, but I do hear it's very, very much in balance. And, well, one of the Kangs, James Lewis, uh, described it as appropriate for the style, but not his thing. Um, appropriate for the style, sure. Yeah. So I have seen a lot of hype around this, to be honest. Um, been a while since, uh, since counterculture got hype around any kind of beer because um, that marketing just sucks balls. Um, but well, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> yeah, Counterculture. Is it? I'm glad we're on the line, so we're not just getting slandered right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I no, oh, will slander you later. Um, oh, geez, okay. <laughs> just wow. the, all the beers have been good so far. Let's just keep trying. Um, no, I just I've said it a thousand times. I don't like the counterculture marketing. I think it's very. Uh, who, who's that actor? I think it is the guy after the. Skateboard who's in the school and it's like, hi kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bush- is it, is is it Bishimi? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what I think of counterculture as a name. Um, but Hello, fellow kids. Yeah, that's the one. That's, that's the one. one. Yeah. Um, but I do think that, like, despite the terrible marketing, they and like taking low hanging fruit in a lot of their ideas, they have had some good ones lately, and apparently this is quite good. Um, the margarita. Um, the margarita beer was pretty tasty. That was. That was a good beer. Yeah, Double. the barrel-aged tequila, tequila beer. So mm. I will be trying this. I'll be sipping. And what about you two gentlemen over the pond? What are your thoughts? Uh, I haven't had the pleasure of trying it yet. I've been a fan of, like, I, Stonewood make great beers. They do. Um, they but do. I haven't had the pleasure of trying that one as of yet. But I, um, yeah. Whether or not it's... Has it made it to WA yet? 
Maybe you've seen it around. It hasn't made it to Tassie yet, so if you guys have got it already, I know there's always upset. a little. There's always a little bit of a lag, um, like a couple of weeks. We feel that, my friend. Understand. We feel, feel that, that a lot. Yep. Which is, yep. I mean, it, it kind of it helps in that regard because there's only so many beers you can drink, and there's so many good beers getting released frequently that yep. that little backlog is uh, sometimes a pleasure when you, when you've got the time to drink them. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to back it in without trying it. Um, yeah, I think as, I'm going to back it in as a sipper. Um, once again, because it's not something I'm Hamish, would, smash a lot of. Hamish, would you say that before even tasting it, just because it's done well, you know it's going to be well made, like right? It should be a quality beer. I mean, yeah, yeah if, if even if it's a bad idea. Experience. Yeah, well, past experience says that it'll, it'll taste bloody good. So I'm definitely going to be a sip. I don't know about Stella. It's hard to do that without um, actually having tasted the product. But um, but now I'm sure it'll be a great beer. Um, again, just jumping on that sort of hype train of is and we'll see what it's like yeah i think this move from counterculture is actually kind of good because this is probably of all the ideas they've put out recently is the one that's actually probably most relevant to being new idea and a counterculture kind of beer like mm. yeah um some of the other ones have just been like like the raspberry berliner which was amazingly well brewed was just such an old idea you could have um, just been a stone wood beer at that point, you're thinking, or is that, is that yeah, logic? Or? Yeah, and, and just like calling something counterculture, it's like it's almost like they should have called it like punk rock beer or something. And all <laughs> Post punk beer. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, are loaded on this, are you? Yeah, I, 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 I <laughs> fight, you, you are finding it very I, hard to let go of it. I fire up. I fire <laughs> up. I cannot let go of it. I can't wait till they come well, on the Well, speaking about you being fired up, let's talk about Modus. They've just released a hazy espresso XPA with espresso, not cold brew. How do you feel about it, mate? Skip. Yeah, I'm a hard skip yeah, as I think well. I'm, I think I'm with you. I'm going to give that one a bit of a sip. Uh, oh, a sip? No. No, I slipped out. How dare you? <laughs> I like to sip Damn everything Damn that once. rock juice. You like to sip uh, everything once? Yeah, yeah no, I'll, yeah, give, I'll, I'll give that one a skip. Stylistically based, it doesn't really... XBA of coffee? Yeah. You know, some, yeah. if you're going to sort of do coffee, you know, something like a double or, yeah. A little bit of backbone normally sort of helps yep. it along the way. I'm just I'm reading the I'm reading the name of it, looking at it being an XPA, and just thinking that it's potentially going to. If silly. they've managed to balance it, tip of the fedora. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy I coined something here. <laughs> <laughs> that is. We're gonna cu- we're gonna cut that out and just pl- replay it on episodes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, if they manage to balance it, absolutely brilliant job but um yeah if it if it says what it does on the label well played i just think it's gonna be a, a hard one to get right so yeah without tasting it's, it i'd still love to, to taste get, it obviously a lot of the coffee beers end up without that backbone that you were talking about it's hard to not get that green capsicum kind yep. of yep right. my palate's very sensitive to that green capsicum uh, so like, you so you're saying you seem to make a point of saying that it's espresso not cold brew so like Mm. they're trying to market the espresso or they've actually put in bitter coffee and into they've marketed it with the name of the beer is hazy espresso there's espresso oh it's hazy too yep. yeah I'm such a hard sip is mm. there a skip <laughs> is there something like lower than the skip bin skip like bin <laughs> skip bin <laughs> I don't mind that drain yeah um, yeah drain pool yeah maybe like a maybe like a Holgate um, just, so just call it out mid, mid sip um, well Late, put your kegs out. <laughs> <laughs> huge, huge uh, industry jokes there. Oh, uh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what about you boys? What do you think? Uh, I, I'm Modus have always uh, produced great beers. I have very fond memories of former tenant. Yeah, they used to be great. Uh, so. But I, yeah, I'm going to be the first to admit that we don't actually see as many of their beers over here as when they're in tall cans. Um, yeah, so it seems tall like can that, life. Yeah, that tall can was when they were really popping and you'd see them. Well, yeah, back when they had uh, had Dennis and pre-Dennis, they had the other Dennis and yeah. uh, also Old Mate from Mountain Culture now. Yeah, of course. He's doing good things. Um, but yeah, I can't say that. I've, I've never really had any coffee, hop-driven coffee beers that really set my world on fire. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, I'm always going to try to sip something once, whether or not, I, yeah. whether or not I finish <laughs> the actual beverage itself. That's yeah, another thing, is it? Yeah, that's another thing. But yeah, once again, shooting blind on that one, so I don't want to. That's the whole point of the segment. That's the whole point of the segment. Yeah, I'm going to be controversial. I'm going to say I'm going to be a sip because I'm just really curious to see what it tastes like and really see if it works. Yeah, but yeah, we're we're, um, uh, we're definitely staying neutral over here. Very <laughs> smart. Very smart. Very Sweden of you. I like it. Yes, exactly. Mm. The great people from Future Armor. Jesus. <laughs> 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 nice. Oh, that's nice. really good. All right, well, that's it for Sip Skip. Um, we're going to get into do our questions with Ricky and Hamish uh, just after this. So here we go. So, guys, we've um, we've just started getting a fair bit of Rocky Ridge beers available now down here at, um, in Hobart, especially. Thank you, Cool Wine, one of the best bottle shops in Hobart, let alone Tasmania. Friends of the show. Friends of the show, which is great. But um, largely we feel like uh, Rocky Ridge is still a bit of a mystery beast to the East Coast market in a lot of ways. We don't see a lot of beer all the time from you boys. Obviously it's hard getting beers, you know, from the West over to the East, um, especially with those posts being dickheads as well, especially to us anyway. Hey, mate, mate, show some love. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. (laughs) They're about to give us our Canvent calendars. We need to love them now. Oh, that's true. That's true. I should be more kind. But, um... Can you tell us a little bit more about your origin story and how you got started? Yeah, so look, we um, we set up about three and a half years ago. The process has taken about a well, total of five years that we've been sort of working on the brewery itself and getting it up. Our first beers were out 22nd of April 2017. Um, basically, we started with a, a farm to glass philosophy, so growing all our own ingredients on site, um, which was great for the first year while we actually had the ability to um, to stay true to it but then uh, it turned out that everyone liked up ears lots so we kind of uh, I don't know we, we had to start using other Australian ingredients so we've actually coupled with a um, with a barley grower out in Dumbleyong um, he grows all of our barley for us now which is great so we've got a, a full sort of uh, we've got our own supply chain there the hops is a little bit harder um, we kind of we, we fell by the wayside there but um, Anyway, I digress. We uh, we set up with this, uh, but basically we've always had a r- really strong focus on sustainability. Um, we we've got a fully off grid brewery, so we run on solar and battery power, and uh, and yeah, we just like making good fresh beers with lots of local WA ingredients. Yeah, that's that's us. It's beautiful. Yeah, there's definitely been some um, some good local trading of ingredients for beer as well so if we can get fruit from like seconds fruit from different suppliers as well swap them a bunch of cartons for seconds fruit ricky's an absolute hustler it's great (laughs) we love tamarillos mandarins lemon like the the good thing i mean there's a lot the the 
really kind of disheartening thing about that the the, the fruit that we've received from these growers is like it's absolutely amazing and tastes really really good it's just got whether it's the wrong size wrong shape too big too small so about um, a year ago we got a we got two tons of plums and they were the most delicious ripe beautiful plums you've ever seen but they were too big like who the fuck's ever complained about fruit being too big <laughs> <laughs> definitely not the japanese it's it's <laughs> true giant fucking strawberries you get they are. yeah that's right so yeah, no, it's um, we definitely try to stay true to that ethos as much as possible, um, whilst obviously not being able to grow everything on the farm anymore. We've got some new initiatives that we're working on to kind of alongside uh, B Corp certification, which is all in the works. Um, we're trying to offset our emissions and become carbon neutral as soon as possible well, as well. Just just done all of our carbon assessments and we'll, well we'll yeah, see. This is why you ask the person that. that's actually doing the applications <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> So, Sorry. Yeah. So um, we 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 uh, hopefully by January we'll be fully carbon neutral, which will be fantastic. So we just obviously we have to do an assessment on that in order to be able to determine exactly what our emissions are. So we're looking at the full supply chain uh, from obviously all raw ingredients and the growing of them, so all the emissions that are involved in that through processing. Uh, we worked out that our actual direct involvement in in our uh, emissions is about thirty percent. Um, so the remainder is. In essentially logistics um, and then obviously we, we need to take care of our distribution chain as well so there's there's a lot that goes on there there's a hell of a lot of shipping going offshore at the moment as well so we've got to make sure that we um, account for every single step in the chain which has been a fairly intensive process but I think overall really worthwhile um, so we've started a little initiative called greener pastures which basically um, we're utilizing our own farm space to offset our carbon emissions by tree planting so this year we did about 10,000 trees I think next year we're on target for 20,000 um, and basically all of that again has to be certified by an independent authority otherwise it doesn't mean shit so yeah, right. um, we're just like I say, going through that process right now so that we can legitimately stand up and say, hey, guys, we're, we're doing this and we've, we've done it. Yeah. Massive shout out to Hamish's partner, Mel, on that one as well. She's been leading the front and has the patience and know how to deal with these things because I know personally the, the red tape and all the things involved in that must be incredibly, yeah, grueling and tiresome. Just ticking boxes, like legitimately, there's just so many things that we have to go through, and every single line has to be taken care of. I mean, for instance, it's like uh, Mel's had to go around to all of the employees and go, "Hey guys, how much driving have you done last year? How much travel have you done for work? Have we flown anywhere?" And obviously, not in the last six months, but before that, um, and basically just really trying to build the picture of what our brewery footprint looks like, and and that way we can properly assess ourselves so it's a, yeah it's been a hell of, hell of a process but it's also honestly quite fun and it's really really interesting i mean for us as well we've always had a pretty rigorous tree planting program on the farm but we're sort of taking that to another level and and super keen to keep it going forward it's just it's it's fun we're doing the right thing for the environment we're doing the like right thing for our local community and and we're just yeah I, I, I love it i think it's um i think it's really interesting and i don't think people a lot of people in Australia will probably understand um, how much goes into, you know, something like what you're talking about and, you know, saying that you guys are off grid. Um, despite the fact that I'm probably, you know, the best loved 
beer personality in Australia right now um, oh. through Step Brothers podcast. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> also, my vote goes to Weg. By the way, also yeah. <laughs> Weg. I'm actually I'm a little bit stressed about Weg because he's very likable. Um, uh, also, you know, a successful brewery owner, um, and not many people know. In my spare time, I'm actually a renewable energy analyst for Australia's biggest renewable energy company. Um, that there is actually. Go. That last part's true. <laughs> um, I don't think people realise how much work and effort and to an extent technology goes into what you guys are doing um, in terms of being able to integrate a battery and solar solution to become off-grid like that. Um, it, it is really, you know, probably one of the massive achievements that you guys have made that you probably don't um, boast about enough Um We've got a we've got a whole island running off renewables right now for the first time in uh, forever uh, up in Flinders in the Bass Strait, yep. um, and it's been a monumental project of many many millions of dollars to integrate that. So, real achievement by you guys. No, cheers. We're, we're working really hard towards it. And I mean, you're right. The technology involved is huge, and I mean, there's certainly certainly moments where we go, "What the fuck are we doing?" Um, but ultimately, it's it's well and truly worth it. Um, I mean, it's it's really cool, and I do like just walking into the little battery room and, and sort of sitting and looking at them. Uh, they're, they're like little babies. It's great. Is, uh, <laughs> is the glycol pump on like a separate little, just like sexy little diesel, just in case something goes wrong? Or? Oh, yeah, there's definitely backup. <laughs> there's, there's, definitely backup. <laughs> there's definitely backup. 100%, yeah. Having, uh, having just lost, uh, lost a batch to a glycol line, uh, yeah, that's uh, probably a handy yeah. little thing. Mm. Uh, it's just it's all it's all sorts of things. It's like putting everything on VFDs, making sure that everything's super smart, so it communicates well with everything else. Um, because the more like, there, there are serious energy savings to have just just from having smarter tech involved. Um, like, like honestly, VFDs are the best things ever, and putting programmable drives onto some of the more crucial and higher draw equipment mm. has made a massive difference to our energy consumption. Um, and then also just having um, smarter systems for crashing ferments and you know, making sure that we're doing everything during. I was going to say like managing time. that chill load across periods rather than yeah. all at once kind of thing, or hitting up those like peak solar midday. Points. Yeah, well, I mean, we can do them all at once as long as we, we sort of start crashing at about nine in the morning and then we find that, you know, you, you could crash three, four, three thousand litre tanks basically um, in a single day as long as you hit it at the right time. You just, you, it's all about timing. And, you know, we've got 100 and just over 100 kilowatts now, so 120 kilowatts, I think, are panels on the roof. So, you know, if, wow. if we manage it right, then we can just run our chillers flat out through the day yeah. get the glycol down to minus five crash the tanks and then you take the load back off overnight and rinse and repeat the next day it's, it's pretty yeah, epic it's it, it's management like it's just yeah before i get into the next question we just uh we open the fermentarium <laughs> batch two barrel age sparkling season and Hello. We're, all, we're all just like looking at each other and like smiling and giggling and like how good is this like uh, <laughs> this fucking top it's tier. a very top tier beer um tell us about the beer boys it's uh going down a tree oh, it's amazing that's so the good. um a collaboration with their good friends at bright tank brewing an yep. ongoing collaboration oh we have a we um, have a fair bit of bright tank beer actually we in do the beer yeah. fridge over awesome. there. I caught up with Maddie from Bright Tank earlier in the week, and he's, uh, yeah, they're kicking goals in East Perth, in more of an inner city, obviously inner city brewery as opposed to what we do um, down south. But um, we have the pleasure of being in one of the best wine regions in Australia, 
um, and through that and this kind of ongoing beer swap side of things or uh, we are able to kind of procure barrels. Um, so we've got some Chardonnay barrels from some good friends that do uh, George the Fox Cider who also have a winery and yeah, um, bashed a bunch of uh, Saison base into Chardonnay barrels and then pitched all the fun, funky bugs that we're after. And Hamish probably has a bit more backstory. That's He was trying to throw me off under the bus off air about <laughs> spraying deer everywhere. So the reason, right, the reason why we've got batch two is the first batch. Um, we had some carbonation and not lack of carbonation issues. but so, Too much. Yeah, that's why we've got V2 out in the, out in the wild. Out so in the wild, a, good pun there, I like that. <laughs> there's there's a lot of context behind this but basically maddie and i um go back a long way we had numerous uh fairly large nights together and we came up with this crack brain idea to do a, a collaboration and and we thought fuck it let's do a long-term collab so fermentarium or the idea behind fermentarium was born to take maddie's base saison to bring it down to our brewery we quite like playing with bugs and um and throwing it in some barrels and, and basically seeing what happens. So uh, there's a mix of, I think there's seven different strains of Brett, PDO and Lacto in there. Um, basically, uh, the Fermentarium 2 that you've got in front of you is 100% uh, inoculated from what was in the barrels from batch one. Um, batch one, we we, um, we might have slightly overcarbonated um, and <laughs> fucked up our equations. So uh, it's it, it, we've got, I think there's like 500 bottles of it sitting there and uh, you open it and lose about half of it instantly. So, yeah, we, we can't sell it, um, but we've been using it to oh, it's just a Belgian beer. And, um, it's just a Belgian beer. You open yeah. it and you yeah. fight it across the room. It's fine. It's just a, it's just a feisty DuPont. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That <laughs> <laughs> was the exact moment I was thinking of. Well, we, we're using it to inoculate other barrels now. So um, it's actually, it's, it's come to good use to be honest so yeah. not too upset about it but yeah the back the batch two you've got there we're really happy with like honestly i think it's just developed amazingly um super complex but also just really refreshing and easy to drink um it's yeah we're like again, absolutely stoked with it and i know maddie is as well um it's just yeah it's know, absolutely delicious it's fucking delightful yeah I'm having a great time so is that a blend of all of the barrels or is that a blend of some of the barrels like i don't think uh, all so the barrels made the cut did they no they barrels. didn't so i think there was 12 barrels to start with and only 10 of them got blended back um, from memory so batch, Ooh, batch thought, one yeah nine or nine either way uh, either other yeah. it wasn't yeah definitely not the full sorry with that okay, log, i don't know but it was it, it wasn't all of them there was like a few that got dumped i think one one had a massive massive um acetone going on and yeah anyway as with barrels there's always going to be a bit of a hit and miss um yeah i remember i remember saying like one of the barrels i'm like that is absolute dog shit we're not putting that in there and then i got outvoted and it went in there so <laughs> to show how my, my baby palette has no place in this conversation yeah you're new currency boys yeah <laughs> i'm just growing my neck beard as we speak yeah that's what i like to hear um now to boys one, one of one of our beers ricky uh do you want to talk about wild wild uh, nah, nah. sour buffalo or nah, nah. Nah. <laughs> no need to talk about that. <laughs> to be fair, that was the third. Right, right, I'm going to have to now because you put it. So we, we had a beer called White Buffalo, which is a white co uh, coffee white stout. Um, and it somewhere along the line picked up this really lovely, lovely clean kind of lacto that wasn't supposed to be there. It turned it sour, obviously. And uh, Hamish brought it around to me. And to, to my credit, you brought it around in a white clear 
swing top <laughs> water bottle. <laughs> and uh, I basically just, told him, yeah. yeah, I told him this had to get, this is early, early days as well. And I'm like, no, this is like the third beer we've ever released. I'm like, dump it. It's got to go. I got overridden and it became like one of our most popular cult following beers. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, my job here is done. I'll uh, what part I'll go, of, work uh, what, for, go work for Swan down the road or something. <laughs> what, part of the, uh, what part of the business are you working again, Ricky? Uh, let's, just, like, let's just leave that out of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I wear many, many hats and none of them fit, put it that way. <laughs> or fedoras. Or fedoras. Or fedoras. That's not being left down. Yes. I like it. I'm now, all for it. Yeah, as we know, boys, twenty twenty has been a pretty fucked year, to put it lightly. Uh, luckily, Biden's looking pretty good. That's all I'm going to say. I'm feeling good about that and getting to the US and drinking some beers sooner than rather than later. Which is good. <laughs> anyway, we uh, move on from that. But um, how's Rocky Ridge dealt with the changing landscape of COVID? You know, with with mail order beer, online sales uh, being the new normal and growing the other side of the, um, yeah, especially from the other side of the country. Have Have you boys uh, dealt with that? It's been honestly, it's pretty hectic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's been really, really busy. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think we've ever been busier after the, the the really and in comparison small lockdown that we had in WA. Um, it, we came out the other side of that pretty quickly. Um, due, I guess that's partly, yeah, and it, probably the same for you guys due to isolation. We're able to yeah, same as Tassie. Yeah, we're able to lock it down pretty quickly, and then basically as soon as that happened, and they lifted that that lockdown and where people were able to go back out to bars and restaurants and I mean off premise stuff in terms of bottle shops didn't slow down at all. But as soon as that, that kind of uh, those restrictions lifted, we were like bars were like busier than they've ever been. And yeah, we've been, we've been pretty lucky in that sense that um, a lot of beer has been going out. And then obviously our, um, our friends in, in more affected States have been jumping on the online stuff. So yeah, it's been crazy. And I'm, um, there's probably a little bit of interplay with that with with what we're doing with some of the contract brewing we're doing for other breweries that have kept all the efficiencies of the brewing the brewery going strong so mm. yeah it's we, been um it's been crazy to be honest it seems like it's gone by in the blink of an eye we had a bit of that down here uh, we had a very similar lockdown to you you know went hard early and came out early um, but young Jimmy here was uh, I guess instrumental and we've talked about you on the podcast before. Uh, in the Tasmanian scene, being you know on the mobile canning line with Shambles Brewery, uh, on the Cody going around, um, you saw a lot of that firsthand, mate. Uh, we you know breweries going into crisis mode with hundreds of kegs in the cool room, nothing to do with them, um, and then coming out the other side and kegs just being suddenly every every man and his dog wanted a friggin' keg. Uh, speaking from experience. Yeah, very true. Um, yeah, there was a bit of a call to arms, I suppose, about that time. I think. It was a real collegial effort, I think, between anybody and everybody within mm. the industry. Um, with me leaving um, a job that I'd been in for six years. To, making, to, making the devil's juice in cider. Yeah, well, we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> I saw the lot. Um, <laughs> late redemption, but that's okay. That's fine, mate. That's right. Um, so we, um, yeah, we, we definitely saw a, a, a brilliant thing within Tassie where um, a lot of guys reached out to each other pretty quickly. There were mm. a lot of a lot of late night drunken conversations. Oh mate, you're on, the, you're on the phone for many an hour in my ear. I'll yes. give you the hot tip. Yes. <laughs> um, but you know, we, we did manage to, to make things work out. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of guys have been serviced by East Coast County. I think there was a little bit of 
you know, trepidation about whether with the, the borders shutting and whatnot, whether they'd be able to, to continue to come down. And, um, yeah, the, the phone call sort of started to coming through. So we, we did what anybody would would do and try and help you, your brothers and neighbours out. Mm. Um, and we, we mobilised our canning line and... Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a very interesting time, and it's quite funny that our lockdown didn't last that long. Really, it wasn't ever really a first. Um, and if we'd actually kept all of our our kegged beers in keg, <laughs> yeah. it probably would <laughs> have been, been a okay. better would have been would've a been better quite... solution. Because as soon as uh, the bars open with about one week's notice, I'm like, oh fuck, <laughs> yeah. how are we how are we going to put all how are we going to put beers into <laughs> fucking kegs now? So I think there was a bit of a um, it was a pretty lean tap list um, for a lot of venues <laughs> when they when they opened yeah, back I up. I can remember that quite the, well. Um, yeah. yeah, the plenty of tins, plenty not of a tins. lot of pints, um, of not a lot of draft anyway, but. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, we, I think a lot of, you know, that whole pivoting, pirouetting thing was definitely a, yeah, a big pivot. conversation. Pivot for, was a big for, word. Oh, pivot. For, for time someone, place, someone surely needs to name it be a pivot of oh, some form. Yeah. There was a lot of pivoting and going on within well, the whole industry. But Well, Dayton can stop calling beers about fucking lockdowns and doing tasteless <laughs> labels, you <laughs> bastards. I'm still after you. <laughs> Now, uh, also, just to, I suppose, um, follow on from, from Ali's comments about, you know, mail order, um, and you were talking about off-site premise, you know, which I think off-site premise really kept a, a lot of venues open. It, oh, you know, we all know that bloody oath. cans are, are definitely not the the major sort of breadwinner for, for a lot of breweries, and, and normally it's... It's retail margin and being able to serve beers through your own venues. Can you guys tell us a, a little bit about how that affected you guys over there? Yeah, it was all? pretty hectic, to be honest. So the, like, I'd just literally flown back in from Japan a day before compulsory quarantine and then full lockdown happened here in WA. Um, so I'd flown in just before that from yeah. the Netherlands and didn't have to lock down at all. I missed it by about a week. True. <laughs> Talking to Hamish while he's in Japan... And he was like, nah, it's all good, man. It's going to be fine. I'm like, this is getting pretty skits over here. Mm. Yeah, um, uh, look, we had five flights cancelled on us and I think we ended up just managing to sneak into one to get back. But anyway, we got back in and obviously all hell had broken loose back here. And um, we basically, so pre-COVID, we had a, a, um, a venue in Perth with the Vic Hotel in Subiaco. Um, absolutely there and sort of leashed us out the front bar and that, that was going great guns uh, we had a small bar here in town in Bustleton as well so both of those venues are now closed um, permanently thankfully we've kept all of our staff on and they've all moved to new roles in the brewery and um, to be honest what, what COVID saw was huge growth as of our core brewery and our core brands but then we also um, at the same time signed the deal with um, Quelo beer in Hong Kong as well to start brewing and distributing their beers here in Australia. So basically it was super, super negative, but also amazingly positive both at the same time. Um, So it's been a hugely conflicted year Mm. for us in the brewery, to be honest, and an emotional roller coaster to say the least. Mm. But like I said, those first two weeks were were really hard. We just didn't know what the future held and didn't know where it was going. And, you know, luckily we all sort of banded together and, and look, honestly, a massive shout out to all our amazing staff members. Like everybody, like everybody gave their all and sort of came back in and, 
absolutely smashed it out of the park. So, you know, we, we managed to get an online ordering system going in about a day and a half, which... Like, Jesus Christ. That's incredible. Our, our <laughs> website's never, ever been used for anything like that. And we're like, oh, well, let's, let's get it going. And, and the guys just sort of made it happen and developed all the systems. And, you know, we're in the middle of bumfuck nowhere down here. So um, the reality is that it's quite difficult for us to post stuff out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a feat in itself just to actually get the beer out the door. So, um, oh, that's um, awesome. Again, massive kudos to absolutely everyone um, that just took it and ran with it and, and drove it and and made shit happen. Uh, Is that, um, so. like you say about, you know, having internally that, I guess, camaraderie and the ability to just, like, get in and crack on, which is what I saw particularly in our lockdown, you know, from my mate Jimmy here, um, who, you know, in the Tassie scene was instrumental in helping a lot of breweries survive um, along with Shambles, his relative Shambles. Um, do you think that um, that sort of drove you guys to look for different options? Like you talked about contract canning a little bit. Um, is that just Guilo or is that, you know, other other gypsy players down there? Um, no, to, to be honest, our, our line, unfortunately, it's just not one that we could make mobile um, as much as we would have. Oh, no, I just mean in, in terms of brewing, not so much canning. Uh, so the the Guelo stuff was actually already kind of all on the cards before COVID hit. Um, to be honest, I went over to um, SEA Brew last year in Thailand and got on the piss with the Guelo legends, and um, <laughs> and we sort of came to an agreement then and there, and um, we sent a few of our limited releases up to them. They were stoked, and, and I've got one of your imperial, to... imperial custards on my top shelf over here, actually. <laughs> the uh, the boys actually took one of those cans down to a bakery in the south. Shout out to Tassie. Bush Bakery. Shout out to the Bush Bakery. They don't listen because they're like 90 years old. Yeah, they really, um, they're really old. You got to yell, yell shout out at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, Mabel. Um, but the, uh, this bakery is in the middle of a paddock in the country and you sort of turn down a few roads to get to it and there's, you know, there's horses in the paddock and there's cows everywhere and you drive into this people's backyard and they have a little shed and they make the best fucking custard tarts oh, you I, I, kind of sounds like our brewery, but they make custard tarts rather than beer. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get daggers from him when I say this. But I went there yesterday and got custard tarts, and I didn't get you one, Ali. Um, and you knew I was coming over. No. <laughs> yeah. And when I when I left, Fuck I was in the car driving away, and I said to my wife, I was like, I didn't get Ali a custard tart, and she's like, Okay, and I'm like. He'll be real fucking dirty. <laughs> well, I think everyone here should deserve but a you, custard tart. Yeah, well, you boys had one of the uh, the Guilo Imperial collabs with a custard tart and did a little sexy photo. We did shoot. a little photo shoot and a review of that beer, so mm. you can check our so social medias for that. Um, so I feel like it was almost like subconsciously I was getting back at you for not involving me in that beautiful moment. You said you were so without a um, cowboy without hat. derailing the conversation too much. Is, am I to thank Jimmy Dera- for this derailing it from custard tarts? Yeah, please, please go <laughs> <Yeah>. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> am I to thank Jimmy for this uh, this lovely mosaic IPA from Spotty oh, Dog that did, I've got yeah. in my hand? He did yeah. can that. Ah, very nice. Oh, we don't talk about that beer, so I'll beep all that out. It is an absolute banger of a beer. Nothing to yes, do with the recipe. Everything to do with uh, making sure the no, making sure no crew made it into the can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we we tasted that one straight off the line and went, 
Geez, that's a bit of a shame. That one's dented, isn't it? <laughs> and that one. <laughs> and that great one. beer. I was surprised how great long. Beer. I was surprised how long you had uh, low fills for, sir. You were like it weeks is, of it low is fills. The, uh, yeah, Joseph's Technicolor dream coat of beers in my <laughs> fridge, mate. All very naked silver bullets. Love it. Jimmy sometimes plays silver bullet game where he'll send me, a, he'll be on the phone to me and he's like, I'm just, or send me a message. He's like, I'm just going to open whatever this is. Oh, fuck, it's a Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've, we've played that game many a time at the brewery as well. It's always so fun. Good. Go back through the old Not so day. fun when you have to drive. No, go back through the Google calendar to look at the Pacnon date to try and figure out what, uh, what, what cans you're brewing <laughs> on one particular day. It's, Always a fun game. So well, true. Your well, date well, stampers working a treat. Holding up very nicely. What's we, your uh, What's your can say on it? Because <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a story here. There is a story. Drink, there. It says drink ASAP. Uh. Yeah, that's a That's a good one then, because so <laughs> we do we do the old sip skip or cellar, and I wasn't there on canning day, and uh, Jimmy oh, too busy, are you mate? That's Jimmy, your mate. That's your first mistake. Yeah, and Jimmy and one of my uh, one of my other brewers. Was there, and uh, I get my cans delivered to my house to taste, and they say skip on the bottom of the can. (laughs) (laughs) And I sent Justin a message, and I said, the can says skip on the bottom. Oh, I told Jamie it should say say sip. I was like, what? And he's like, how many many of these cans say skip on them? And he's like, well, I assume all of them. I'm guessing that's dog me of a couple. That's why we don't talk about this beer on the show. Then we just oh, we just don't talk about spotty dog. No, I'm just not allowed to have praise on the show. That's a general rule. Um, (laughs) Even if I brewed the best beer in the world, I would never get praised on this show. That's how it works. Damn straight. That's what happens, my friend. I think once you might have given me a compliment, Ali, but not quite sure. We only talk about our beautiful uh, collaboration with Deeds. That's the only beer we talk about. Come on, mate. (laughs) (laughs) And you can probably not get that at any bottle shops. Anyway. Let's talk about a bit of your marketing design for a second because I've always loved your stuff. I've really, really liked it um, with the packaging design and overall aesthetic. Uh, but the newer stuff, uh, the big 500ml cans, they've really grabbed my attention as of late. Like they look stunning. Damn straight they do. They do look great. Um, but, you know, feeling some of the packaging has, you know, seemed to have lack a little bit of connection i mean obviously you've got the smaller cans uh the 375s in the in the the inverted black uh colorway as well but then you've got um the new tall format cans bringing a new kind of offering so oh and yes clem's just gone to the fridge now and grabbed a grabbed a double box out so i guess the question is um are the new tall format cans a way of bringing yeah your more one-off offerings together is a little bit more cohesively or or not? What are your thoughts? So, yeah, we all... Um, Hamish like, can answer this one. Well, we're, yeah, you, you, you we're in the same room <laughs> as me when we made the call, Ricky. But um, no, we, um, we basically sat down at the start of this year and said, hey, we need to really start aligning what we're doing with all our releases because we just had thrown so many beers out last year <laughs> and we had this classic one where... We'd brew the beer and three days later go, oh, we should probably name that beer. And then three days later we'd go, oh, we should probably get a design ready for it. And then next minute we'd have to try and can the product without the labels ready to go. And and we'd all be standing there relabeling cans and yep. all sorts of terrible stuff. So we tried to get ahead of it a little bit and, and come up with a more cohesive structure. We also got these two little 
beautiful thousand litre tanks off our good mates up at Eagle Bay um, just to do experimental stuff in and like really experimental and fun stuff in and that was where the idea of the 500 mil cans was born. Um, in terms of our overall sort of brand aesthetic that's always been managed by a really good mate of mine Matt. Um, so Matt has a design company called Quite Frankly. Um, he actually lives in London now but hopefully he's moving back here to Australia once he's allowed to. Um, and he basically, when uh, when we came up with the, well, I'll give you a bit of context. Our, our farm's name's Rocky Ridge. It was named by my great, 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 great granddad, okay? Um, so Rocky Ridge is something close to my heart and we just could not for the life of us come up with a logo for it. And um, my lovely partner Mel suggested that I talk to Matt and Matt came back to me with this geometric rock and we thought it was the best thing ever and we sort of have never deviated away from anything he does now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's been fun, interesting. Um, it's not something that I'm super skilled in at all, but what Matt throws at us seems to stick most of the time. And Ricky, feel free to jump in at any time as well. Oh, I guess the idea behind the, the 500 mil releases was to ease that... Um I guess congestion of our own releases sitting on shelves and compete like there's a, there's so many amazing breweries in WA um, and the rest of Australia where internationally you know we're we're blessed with so much beer at our fingertips now that um, our proliferation of kind of limited release beers you'd often find that they'd be either sticking around for too long or we'd be fighting our shelves uh, fighting ourselves for our own shelf space so. By putting these out in really small batches, whether it be ourselves or through selected kind of venues, it meant that we could get beers in and out, get them drunk fresh, um, and it just kind of, I guess it uh, streamlined our release structure a little bit, uh, and also gives us like avenues to play around and, you know, like the scale of big release beers um, that we do annually they're like well we do it once a year is always really good but then these ones we can just throw around different ideas and have a bit of fun so it's been great um, and obviously yeah in terms of our design aesthetic we've tried to maintain that like cohesive so you can you can tell a rocky ridge beer when it's on the shelf that's the, that's the aim of the game without it necessarily saying Rocky Ridge on the front of the can and that, that's always been a big one for us yeah we, yeah we, we, we want to be our brewery but we're also all about making the cans look really pretty but also stand out and of their own accord uh, yes yeah. I think it's, it's definitely yeah. the sorry to talk over there I think it's definitely the the big thing yeah it's the old 40 yard stare um, you know mm. when you when you walk into a bottle shop and you can look at the window without having to stand in front of it and mm. straight away you recognize mm. A product from from the brewery that you yeah that you you know and you love and and you've invested a lot into yeah I think the five hundred mil cans absolutely absolutely do that um, yeah it's got those like Rocky Ridge touches across the top etc un unmistakable I think and might I just say um, very very nice touch on the ring pull there boys <laughs> def 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 definitely I do def love a personal ring pull touch and oh. that's, is that, is I'm that talking beer you, related that's is that something you can <laughs> is that something you can monkeys get off on is it a oh, little bit look, of a there's, yeah there's, there's there's many things that we do date codes <laughs> are one of them um <laughs> Good consistency with the uh, the label application there as well. Got to uh, yeah, props, mate. Based, <laughs> based on your yes. uh, your input to my car and beer last week, don't you fucking talk about label application ever again? Oh, mate, you, 
No, that was if I, had, if I hadn't done it for you. I'm I'm glad that Fox Friday went afterwards and we ironed out all the kinks. That's all I can say. Um, I did want to uh, touch base with our young friend, the Weg here, um, because you seem really obsessed with the Weg. I've asked him no questions. You keep bringing him up. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not testing him at all. Um, But I will say this, and I will say this once, and make it a soundbite, if you will. But the Weg has very good taste and a very good eye for the aesthetically pleasing. So young He is a micro influencer after all. He is he is a micro influencer, it's true. Influenza. (laughs) (laughs) Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. (laughs) No. I'm not even gonna bring up the uh the tea he's wearing, which is very impressive. Um little just I'm I'm gonna leave it. Um what do you think of the Rocky Ridge 500 mil cans? Because we showed you the whole range before the show to get your opinion. Yes. What do you think of the Rocky Ridge 500s? Are you happy with that? Uh Hot. Skip. Hot. Yeah, you like The 500's that. hot. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, for someone who's new to the whole craft beer world, relative, um, I'm a big Deeds fanboy. Yeah. I can look you in... You are a big Deeds yeah, fanboy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Out of step. Great beer. Um, <laughs> Saying the right thing. Pre-collab or like post-collab? Has his job. Has you his may job. have a four-pack as oh, you yes. wish. Yeah, thank you. Um, no, but I think... Um, as I said, new to the world, but um, looking at deeds, um, I can look at them, their cans from across the, the room and recognise them. These mm. new 500 mil cans, 100%. Yeah, they are 100%. very striking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the, uh, I especially like the gradient across the uh, mm. new currency, um, yep. front to back. Yeah. Very nice. Um, and that next episode is so freaking tasty. Mm. Oh my God. It's fucking, <laughs> fucking hot. I can't decide. What's better, the uh, the fermentarium or the new currency? Uh, sorry, the uh, next episode. Yeah, next episode one that's really good fun. So Roscoe Aid Brewer is an absolute fiend for big West Coast IPAs and traditional styles. So that's where Alfie's Doppelbock, the other one that you keep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, kind of that's, open that. that's, um, that's actually his pup, Alfie. Um, but oh, right. So, true. Excellent. That um, yeah, um, next episode is stunning. That is a like absolutely stunning beer. Eleven percent. Appreciate it. I think the guys absolutely crushed it. Like it's a yeah, it's it's a cracker. Yeah. Absolutely. I've been known to break one of them at about eleven o'clock at night and regret it the next morning. So eleven o'clock, eleven percent. Yeah, it always seems like a good idea at the time. Yeah, doesn't it ever? The balance on this is stupid. Yeah, it is. It is super well balanced, but they do always say it's always the last one that buckles you, don't they? <laughs> if this is going to be your last one, yeah. And then the alarm starts going off and you instant regret. 100%. Um, having a bit of a bit of a read on your uh, on your, your socials um, and your websites, guys, we're reading up about uh, you guys receiving a, a government grant, um, help you increase your capacity at the brewery. Um, new fermenters was definitely something that was mentioned. Um, yep. Can you tell us a little bit about the brew house and how um, this grant is is going to help you to to build that capacity? That obviously, as you were saying earlier on, um, and you've obviously gone through a, a pretty a pretty quick growth spurt in the, in the last few years. How, how's that going to play into into building it for you? Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. We um, like. Three and a half years ago, we sort of we started with a, a three vessel, fifteen heck or fifteen hundred liter brew kit, um, 
we subsequently added another vessel and made it a four vessel um, just so that we can increase our throughput into it. And sure. we had five 3,000 litre fermenters and two 3,000 litre brights. We now have an additional four, well, I'm sorry, an additional three 6,000 litre fermenters, one of which um, somebody had a little accident with the CRP on and um, mm. we now have a perpetual sour in. Um, <laughs> went, went a little bit too hot too quick, did we? <laughs> more, more on that later. Um, <laughs> um, and we've got another six 6,000 litres on the way as well. Um, but basically oh, we've gone sort of from... Big genitalia energy, that's what we like on the show. <laughs> uh, we've, we've gone from, yeah, like first, first year was about 18,000 litres of beer to 300,000 litres of beer to this year will be about 750 ish. Um, I know a lot of breweries would be pretty happy with a 30% increase. In their oh, in their first good. five years, that's some um, that's yeah, some, some big very, very big energy. Mm. That's that's um, that's part of the reason we real struggled with the ingredient side of things. Hundred um, percent. It's been um, yeah nigh on impossible for us to keep up with everything, um, and we're just really trying to keep beer in everyone's hands and keep everybody having smiles on their faces while they're drinking our beers. Um, that's plenty that's of smiles here. <laughs> Glad to hear. Um, but no, we um, we sort of we. We're lucky enough to be awarded that. Well, we're very honoured to have been awarded the grant from the uh, Department of Primary Industries here, um, and that's certainly helped a lot with all of that. So we use part of the grant to upgrade our lab facility so that we can do a whole pile mm. more testing on site. Um, we use part of it for the fermentation upgrade and then part of it for um, upgrading our battery system as well because we, we needed more power available to us through the night, obviously, in order Absolutely. to be able to manage those fermentations because even with smart control, ferments at night are still vigorous. So um, we sort of just used it in those areas and then subsequent to that as well, um, we ordered a new canning line which hopefully ships next week, which will be fantastic. So, um, well, talk, well, well. Talk, can you talk dirty to me? What are we? <laughs> I, I, I are. So yeah, well, we're actually hopefully we're talk to clean. party with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very well, fair point. The beautiful thing is it means that our other canning line can now start to be used for some more wild and sour stuff. Oh, this um, is... So you're like you're the, answering my questions for me. I love this. Um, but the new canning line's actually Cody as well. So oh. we're, um, we're mm, coming to the very party. Very delicious. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited to be the guest. It's going to be very, very delightful for our um, pack quality and also our throughput too. Um, so, no, look, I'm super excited. Uh, again, really honoured to have been awarded the grant as well and um, hopefully we're putting it all to pretty good use um, and continuing to sort of pump out some hopefully amazing beers. That's, that's awesome. I, um, I was having a conversation with um, Mr Will Tatchell from Van Diemen Brewing um, when we were up at his his beautiful little brewery last week, and we were we were having that conversation about clean and dirty canning, um, <laughs> or, or certainly packaging of um, of product. Pretty exciting to see that. Uh, yeah, you guys might be able to be putting a bit more of that sort of mixed culture sort of stuff into yeah, into super a, exciting a, a, into a sexy yeah. can because it's, um, it's been something that's really like. It's been playing on my mind a lot because obviously there's always a risk of that bacteria or continued fermentation. But then reading more and more and more into what's going on in the US and how they're all dealing with it, the reality is that it's it's not likely to cause issues with the cans themselves. So I'm actually Correct. pretty confident now in our own procedures and, and the ability to actually 
executed. I'm just not confident in the canning one that we have currently sure. being able to handle having mixed cultures going through it. Yeah, it's, and it's starting to happen now in Australia. We've now got Black Arts doing it. We've got Wildflower, Wildflower. now putting stuff well, in. Yeah. Josh from Black Arts working for East Coast Canning was like the perfect situation for mixed culture brewers to be able to test it and know mm. with, like, I guess, certainty that the people doing it for them were going to mm. believe in it. Like, awesome. Is there a conversation to be had about the longevity of beer cellaring in cans, though? Like, if, if it is something that you know like we all love having hamish. sour beers that hamish come back our, on the show come back on can, the show <laughs> we can put our li- we can put our beers in our <laughs> linen closets and forget about them and time and barrel and, season two yeah. Yeah. Definitely but you, yeah there's definitely time there's definitely a conversation around that because we found so. with some of our long-term dark beers that we originally put in cans that we've now moved into bottles for that reason the, the, the bpa side of things and the lining of the can yeah um, mm, interesting Interesting. I feel like you could almost join us on an episode. Yeah, that's the acidity question has been a huge one, and coming coming from the cider world to beer, and then having the conversations with people about sort of putting sours and and getting approached by um, by the soft drink perspective. You know, talking about kombucha and those sort of things as well. You know, there's even cold brew coffee as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But but to to be fair, what's the pH of Coca Cola? I mean, that that (laughs) shit. Erodes enamel on top. Yeah, well, that's, so that's it's pre cocaine or post cocaine. <laughs> I mean, the, re- the reality is the manufacturer is not going to guarantee the can after a two year period if the pH is out of spec. They're sure. not going to guarantee it anyway after a two year period. So the re- reality is that you don't want to be aging cans if you can avoid aging cans. So, mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we, we can't control that other than we, we obviously are now starting to put some of our longer term stuff in bottles um, because really that way they can be guaranteed or to an extent they can mm. be. Um, if they've got a wax seal on them. <laughs> and, and only yeah. cool, only cool, if they've got a wax seal. Cool, 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 yeah, I cool, kept, cool, kept looking wax. at that um, DB 2019 uh, that Clem's just put away and he's like, oh, get it back out. Just like looking at that wax seal. Very nice. Speaking of of the big bottles, so obviously, fermentarium, and uh, and yeah, you guys doing the collaboration. A couple of questions there: How do you manage to keep up with uh, that particular program and and balancing it with um, with your canned products? Yeah, potentially your, your larger volume SKUs, um, but probably you know, I suppose, bouncing off of that whole canning line conversation. How are you managing? The separation of um, of cultures from a from a yeast and, and sanitation perspective. So number one, we don't keep up, and number two, separation <laughs> is pretty easy because we do bottles and cans. But yeah, we, we, we just we just don't. We keep looking at all. So we've got Even at the from moment a, full. From a, we've got about two hundred and fifty barrels, um, and of Jesus. those two hundred and fifty, there's about a hundred and fifty that really need to be emptied. And and I'll be fucked if I know where we're going to find. The time. You've got a lot of fucking um, space out there. We do. We're we're, we're a farm. Like we're we're still a fully functioning dairy farm as well. Um, So we're on uh, all the lactose. Got got about yeah all the lactose. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Is this where the bigger (laughs) mafia comes from? Hang on. Are you part of the bigger mafia? (laughs) (laughs) Because I've I've asked Chris Farmer, whose name is let's be honest, fucking Farmer, (laughs) and he says no. The boys from Three Ravens tell me to dig deeper and then you talk about <laughs> having a brewery on a farm and putting out new currencies. 
Interesting. It is interesting. It's a good point. Anyway, continue. No comment. <laughs> no comment. Oh, okay. We will uh, touch on that at a bit of a later date, I guess. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> the, uh, so all the barrels, etc., all kept on site, all, yep. all managed on hand? Yep. So um, to, to be fair, most of them have been outside all winter because we ran out of space. Um, we're just in the process of building a... Oh, it's all right, I've just muted Ricky because he's very loud. Naughty boy. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. Changed. Um, That's okay, mate. <laughs> Unmute me. Um, You're back. So we, um, we're we just building a, a custom barrel storage shed slash just storage shed because we need more storage. A big barrel um, shed so. would be a great place to welcome people onto the farm. Anyway, continue. Yeah, mm. yeah. So um, I've just um, signed a contract for a fooder. We've got sort of, uh, uh, we got we got heaps of barrels, I can say, and we've got barrels coming out of our ears because we're mates with so many wineries down here, and, and everybody likes beer. It takes lots of good beer to make wine, and it takes lots of good wine to make beer. Um, so we just like to keep that relationship going. So we just want to like delve a little bit into, I guess, your brewery philosophy. So we've sort of touched on it a little bit tonight with, I guess, um, some of the discussion about rock juice and then fermentarium and then the new releases. Um, but in terms of a brewery, like you spoke about very briefly in the intro, you guys started out as this, I guess, sort of whole, we're going to be a farmhouse. We're going to like produce everything on site. Um we're gonna we're gonna brew with what's you know with us and on site. Um, at what point do you think that that became I guess just a little unrealistic for a brewery with the popularity that you guys have gained? It's about twelve months in, honestly. Um, yeah. So the, the first year was was slow. We had a couple of big releases, and to be honest, like there, there was a, a couple that really stick in my mind as as key pivot points for us where we we started to really gain traction um one of them was our first release of rock juice and the other one was oh rock um, juice was that early on yeah rock juice was in yeah it was about it was about 18 months in and mm. the other one was not Beach even Asian, i reckon, it, was, I reckon um, it was maybe 12 months 12 in. months yeah yeah what well, it was it yeah. was early days it was early days i just um, remember it was born it was born before we even had a the idea was born um before before we had open. a can release yeah i to, just i remember to my I remember my first experience with rock juice and reading that 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 like some of those hops were from or all of them um, were from your own estate was just stupid to me. Like it was just <laughs> yeah, like that's pretty much that's probably what wiped out us being able to <laughs> produce our own beer. <laughs> being like, oh, we're going to use thirty-two grams per liter of our own hops. Uh, that's yeah, and and that um, the and the and the hops would be of a quality produced like rock juice, like to produce now what's considered one of the best hazy beers not neighbors mm-hmm. hazy beers in australia and i remember like tasting it and saying to ali and ian at the time like like this is fucked these guys are actually like growing i think it was ella at the time i'm, I'm trying to hit my mind back here. Head. yeah i can't remember a bit of ella what's the first it the, seems the, the, like the, the, it the, seems the, like an eternity ago mm, feels like, like it was more than that ago um but no look they just Honestly, weren't they they weren't juicy like Citra Mosaic Galaxy just the order of them switched up each release like these were Australian hops grown in WA in this beer that was you know stupidly good 
The Thanks. idea originally was to, um, and this can come from a drunken chat at a local beer festival, was to brew a beer like Heady Topper. So, like, that was something at that point was somewhat of a whale or you would never see it. Um, we didn't Still have a access. Still a while. Yeah. Well, I guess times have changed a, a well, little bit, but yeah. um, it was more about drinking a beer that was, the haze was neither here nor there. It was about drinking a beer that was super juicy in terms of hot profile, mm. but then still packed that that really kind of um, vivacious kind of punch that we get from those beers of that elk. Uh, and yeah, that's how it was. Bre- that's how, that's where the idea stemmed from. And then I think um, kind of my, my real epiphany with it as well, though, was having a, a fresh can of Lawson Sipper Sunshine. And that, oh, that was nice. my like, holy shit, this is what this beer is supposed to be. Like that's, that's just a... Like honestly, I've got fucking tears in my eyes thinking about it. It was an amazing beer. Like it just was Absolutely beautiful, stunning. fresh, vibrant, um, and that. Did you did you have that on life. a on a US trip? No, no. A good, good mate of mine um, spent a year in the US, and when he came back, he brought me a, a gift bag of like twenty five amazing beers. He's like, "What do you want me to bring?" And I was like these are my top 10 if you can get these like um, Two Hearted Ale Super Sunshine Heady Topper Focal Banger um, I think we had a couple of bottles of Pliny in there um, and he sort of spent a good couple of weeks going good mate <laughs> yeah, what a mate what a I, try, I tried to do the, I tried to do the same with my now fiance and she uh, she managed to bring back a couple but it wasn't quite of the same the same repertoire that you ended up with. Oh, look, Ricky, if you need tips, I convinced my uh, wife to go on a seven-week tour of the US West Coast. And uh, <laughs> I, things also, changed. I also convinced her to uh, stay in towns like Bend, Oregon, because it was cute and whimsical. <laughs> <laughs> so I, managed to get, I managed to get seven days in, in uh, Brussels while we had a three- yeah, or four-week right. trip in Smart Europe. boy. So. I can yeah. uh, I can give you tips if you need romantic <laughs> do. romantic Slide ideas to DMs. go <laughs> if you need romantic ide- reasons to go to Escondido, California. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all ears. Uh, but definitely that that birth of that beer was from trying those beers that were super hop driven. Without haze was never the intention. Um, yeah, yeah. And I guess it's kind of how the beer markets evolved, and that's how we end up with beers called new currency. But uh, the idea was to make make a beer that was uh, super drinkable, still very much a double IPA, still very much has bitterness. But um, in terms of how that kind of inter- the interplay between that and what we do as a as a brewery and how we we the the focus has always been on being making beers that we actually we'd want to drink ourselves, um, and that often kind of. We draw on that ourselves and make sure we have, obviously making sure we can sell beer is the main part, but then if we can make beers that seem true to what we actually want to drink ourselves, and that's where we end up with beers like Fermentarium and like Divine Good Times, and also manage to juggle that with a core range. That, yeah, it's like, the next episode as well. I mean, God, yeah, next episode's totally. great. Rock juice is always bloody good fun to brew, um, despite the losses and the fact that I sit there crying for about a week <laughs> when we brew the bloody thing. Um, Watching uh, every it's, it's every cell though. in the spreadsheet go red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all know red. They don't. They, they go past red. They go black. Like they're just <laughs> fucked. Yeah, I've. Uh... Um, I've just uh, I've just experienced that with a beer I'm not uh, allowed to talk to until late December 
mid-December. Uh, yeah, it's it's nasty. Um, that's really interesting though. And another thing I wanted to touch on uh, because of the way you offer your beers, because you've got this sort of dichotomy where you are this farmhouse, um, you know, self-sustainable brewery, but you're pumping out like volume and you're pumping out these like amazing like, you know, new currency options um, and things like, I'm going to say it right now, uh, next episode is one of now my favorite beers I've had this year. Um, upon finishing that, that yeah, is cheers. that is absolutely Jimmy's nodding his head I'll, as well. I'll give that a second. Um, and I've I've just taken that can over and put it on our uh, soon to be famous uh, empty two hundred liter bourbon barrel we have in the studio, where we're going to put our favorite beers of the year. I've put that up next to my Ghost in the Machine other half. Um, oh, that yeah. is an outstanding beer, really outstanding. Cheers. Um, balance is great. But what I want to say is. It doesn't feel like the beers you put out are reminiscent of a farm or a farmhouse brewer. Like we've just gone through, not that you are a farmhouse brewer, um, we've just gone through an episode of talking to people who, you know, brew on farms and produce spontaneous ales and you guys just are so different to that. Yeah, look, I mean... <laughs> is that my child screaming? Or <laughs> yeah, it's definitely yes. your child. Is that mine or is that something else? like a pork chop, mate. I've got four months till um, it's mine, so it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's probably there's probably a bit of merit in that. Um, we it ties back in with what I was saying. We always have wanted to brew beers that we want to drink ourselves personally, and as much as yeah. farmhouse beers it really play a shows, big part in it that. really shows. Yeah, and farmhouse beers play a big part in that. But uh, we've kind of always we're working towards more of that. Where and that's kind of where the inter, the kind of what we want to do with. Um, growing a bunch of our own ingredients we can do that with the farmhouse and sour stuff a bunch so yeah we'll keep pushing in that direction uh, but we also really like having clean beers to offer as well i don't think you can be a brewery of the size that you guys seem to be pushing for um hello doggo um uh, <laughs> seem to be pushing for and only produce you know bottle bottle condition saisons kind of thing like I think it's a really interesting prospect to see someone who is, I guess, rooted in sustainability and, you know, being on location and, in your words, the middle of buttfuck nowhere, um, <laughs> producing beers like Rock Juice uh, and, you know, next episode of New Currency. It's it's really exciting. Um, I mean, you always, we always try, everyone tries to emulate their, their idols and you see what, you know, the likes of Hill Farmstead do and that's mm. kind of... Who are they? No, just oh, there's small brewery. <laughs> they pr- produce some beers, but they're making a bunch of clean, amazing beers and a bunch of really deep, kind of multifaceted, dark beers, and then also some really cool wild stuff. Is that, I'd, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we've spoken about that in depth a lot. But if we could push into that realm, would be super exciting. Yeah, I, uh, look, it's it's not something that's unforeseeable, and we never we never set out to be a big brewery we set out to have fun and just to, to make beers that we're all enjoying and, and if people keep enjoying our beers we want to keep making them um, the fact is that we've got a core range now that everyone seems to be resonating with which is fantastic and we're really blessed in that and, and to be honest like the, the barrel aging stuff is what keeps Ross keeps the brew team keeps myself keeps Ricky satisfied as well we, we mm. absolutely love doing mixed ferment mixed culture uh, 
doing whatever we can. And like I alluded to it before, we, we, we literally, we don't have time to be doing that and the clean stuff at the same time. And we, we keep adding to the team so that we, mm. we're like, always like, yeah, we're going to get someone dedicated to this. Someone will do, someone will be one day dedicated to this and it never seems to happen. So we're trying. <laughs> so, so we never, I was, I was going to ask this actually, uh, I'm glad you brought it up. We never see what I would, consider um to be your core range over here or any other states no that's a good point um and yet you're this brewery who's you know i'm assuming based on you know the grant information you know you're you're already at this huge amount per annum and you're going to push to this you know very substantial regional brewery category um does that mean you'll be pushing the core range to the eastern states um, or will you just be sticking with the, I guess, the more interesting beer nerd stuff, the neck beard fillers? Speaking of which, I've got yeah. neck beards. Fedora all, tipping beards. I've got neck beards all around me, just frothing on each other about chunky dates. What? What is it? Chunky dates. It's, it's, it's is that really where you chunky, chunky dates, mate? Is that where you just poured? <laughs> They're all just like it smells. Of, it smells incredible. There's a lot of prayer hands and a lot of beards looking very. I think there's a smile on Jimmy's beard. <laughs> you, you can see it in my eyes. Yeah, <laughs> he smizes. What it was? Uh, 80, did, 80 kilos of pecans and 200 kilos of dates. I got a, yeah. Should I have a sip of this? I, did, that, I did get a good heads up from this from um, our good mates down at Burnt Hens uh, Barbecue. Burnt Hens Smoking Co. Is that the big, one he was? Big, I love how big I note. love how far Nathan and Eileen's reaches to make that to the apple. Oh, look, there's. I do have. Um, I do have fingers in in a couple of pies, and one of them's definitely barbecue. So I have. He's a national actually, barbecue hero. Let's just say mm. I was I was actually meant to be over there mid this year doing a collaboration with them, um, and just sent one of my best uh, best dab hands over there. He's balls deep in quarantine, about to uh, about to get thrown into the Frio Beer Festival. So you'll see some. Yeah, Nathan told me about this. It's, yes, um, it's it's. it's <laughs> He does not know what's about to hit him. Well, <laughs> I think I'm already hungover thinking about it. What's good for the goose is good for the gander on that one. Um, he, can, he can throw down. But, uh, yeah, Nathan just said to me, when you come to this beer, he's like, it's when you don't know what beer to drink, you go and grab this one. Mm. He's like, it is absolutely... It's, very, it, it's it, stunning. It is absolutely stunning it ticks thank so you. many thank so you, many boxes team for sending this over this is very special yeah this yeah. is a cracker um he did say that he's only got one left so Nathan, more than if more you, than if you, you are listening. Listening. <laughs> I, mean, I can't speak on behalf of hamish but i'm, I'm <laughs> surprised how long we kept this ourselves to be honest as soon as it came in the pack it's rob, been in my fridge for a very long time yeah rob was like drink it drink it drink it rob stew that is it's, it's out of control it's um even netto from deeds was saying oh boys when you crack that you're gonna have a great time yeah, yeah he was up and about he wasn't was he? he was loving it as well we sent i made sure we sent some to justin and then the guys at deeds they're a yep. great human so we make sure we look after them they are they are great humans that's enough if you want to look after the guys at Shambles Brewery too, we do some pretty good stuff. <laughs> slide into my DM. <laughs> Sounds like you need a trip down to Tassie and just uh, hang out with the cool run. Cool I will be there. I will be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. It's worth saying 100%. that the one time I have been to Hobart was after Gabs, and I felt like I needed to walk into one of the the many lakes in a white robe and replenish myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've all felt that. Um, we're just going to finish on, um, like we've touched on it a couple of times now, um, 
and you know, in terms of running this sustainable um, farmhouse brewery and you know it's not farmhouse sorry farm forward brewery and you know your initial aspirations to be all about ingredients from your space and obviously you know at your scale now and the scale you're going to push to you can't continue that um, so I guess what does that mean for Rocky Ridge um, how do you how do you stay true to that original vision while producing the best beer you can you can produce and keeping people as you said before happy like hand you know beer in hand it's really interesting like we, we've spent a lot of time over the last year sort of working out who we are what we want to do where we want to be what space we want to brew in and why you know, we do it as like, well yeah exactly what, what what is our why and and to be honest like putting a smile on everyone's face uh, being a positive change in the world is, is a really big one for us. So having sustainability as one of our core elements has always always resonated with everybody is here in the brewery now. So we really keep pushing forward with that. Um, in terms of our growth, we'll, none of it's been a, a forced cycle. We're kind of we're just going with everything as it happens, and if everybody keeps buying our beers, we keep brewing more of them and, and hopefully that just keeps happening or you know when it stops then we we sort of just sit tight and, and keep doing what we do in terms of our on-site ingredients um, it is a huge push for us and I've got plans over the next 18 months to really push forward with our with our hop um, hop farm but again that's pending us going through the same thing that we've been through over the last three years where we just keep having to put more tanks in and we can't really do that anymore in the brew kit we've got so lots of decisions we've got to make over the next um over the next 12 months but we'll, we'll see where that leads um as i said earlier we've coupled with uh, a local grower now who is solely responsible for our barley supply um, which is fantastic it gives us a lot of security in knowing that we've got it just around the corner from us um, and about as local as we can get the scale that we need i mean obviously brewing the amount of beer that we're brewing we're using a shitload of fucking barley um, and it'd take the majority of our farm in order to be able to supply that and we mm. just don't have the infrastructure to be able to deal with it um yeah yeah i think that's a reality that like our mate will tatchell at van diemen's is hit for sure um he's you know growing on a on a farm already and malting yep. his own barley but he's doing i guess a very different scale of beer to you guys and you know hitting up that spontaneous thing as well and i think all of us as brewers have um you know had that moment where we've thought about oh we'll grow all the hops we can on our own farm you know, and we're going to do all of this stuff. And it's just, it, it, it becomes, um, I guess, a romanticism um, and a dream where it's not necessarily sustainable as well. Um, and well, it's an industry into itself. I mean, obviously, exactly, it's, it's, exactly. it's a massive industry into itself. And the equipment that's required in order to do it at the scale that we need mm. is yep. ridiculous. Yeah, exactly uh, right. It, 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 there's a huge barrier to entry there. Uh, and I mean, obviously, just setting up a brewery in and of itself is a huge barrier to entry in terms of the capital equipment required. But then yeah. to do that again for a hot farm as well, you, you, you're basically running two fully-fledged businesses. Uh, there's, mm. not, there's no half-assing. You either, you either do it or you don't. Yes, um, yes. So that's, that's where we're at now. And it's like, okay, if, if we do this, when we do this, it, it's on a proper scale and it's to the point where we'd actually be able to supply other breweries as well 
Wow. But if you do if you do it, you have to go all in. Um, I think there's I, there's definitely an element where we can do what we do already in terms of aging. So like hops, we can age for sour beers and there's there's avenues around it in the meantime um, where we're pretty blessed in the sense that we're on a, we have a massive property and mm. a huge expanse that some other breweries don't have the, the privilege of. Um, so we can kind of keep staying true to that ethos as much as possible in the meantime, but it's definitely, um, it's not something in terms of the, the, the quantity of beer we're producing, we can't do that for every beer we release. So, um, yeah, well, I think it'd be really, it'd be really great to get you guys back on uh, one session because we are going to do a full episode on sustainability and beer. And, you know, from the conversations we have tonight, you guys are very much at the forefront of that. And we're going to have an episode where we talk uh, particularly about cans. Uh, we're going to get on a distiller who is making vodka from leftover bread from cafes. So I feel like you guys awesome. would fit into that little little group quite nicely for a little panel on sustainability and how it's important. But until then, we're going to hit a new jingle for a segment that we haven't had on the revised Ooh. show. Mm. Oh, shit. Here we go. <laughs> Yes, uh, I only get. Better. How do you follow that up? I don't know. Probably, don't know. probably with the genuine pointy end of the evening. This is what I'd like to call it. <laughs> right, yeah, lads. Oh, Jimmy, uh, you're doing uh, this. Yeah, oh. mate. Look, I was. I'm, yes. I'm. I'm here to do the big ticket items. Uh, big man for a big job. Fair enough. Hamish, Ricky. This year, how are you going to win, Gabs? Craig gives you the call tomorrow. And you've got to throw together a winner. This beer doesn't have to be the beer you'd actually do, but how are you going to win it? I think the best way to do this is to go Hamish versus Ricky. Oh, the, Jesus. Let the, well, <laughs> you, you've just want, gone all out. I don't want collaborations. I want uh, every man for himself. Who's going first? At the end, I got of, this. end of a big I got this. Oh, give Ricky's. Us, uh, <laughs> give us your yeah, already, speech, I mean, let's, I hadn't been thinking about this got. literally until it dropped in just now, but... Uh, Mine's called Pan Celegrino, and it's a soft... <laughs> <laughs> keep going, keep going. Soft seltzer. Like, oh. the the uh, the chloride level is obviously to the roof. The, 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 the yeah, white just, chloride level. Yeah, love it. the white chloride level. <laughs> I love it. Um, but, yeah, it's basically soft seltzer. Um, and what's the name again? Uh, Pan Celegrino. Fuck, that's good. <laughs> How the fuck do you beat that? I think that's maybe the best gas picture we've had all year. 
that's, uh, that's, a, that's a good swivel chair technician flex, I reckon. That yeah. one. That's that's pretty good. Um, wow. Wow, Hamish. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. In your yeah, own time. Oh, fucked. Num- <laughs> number two. <laughs> oh my god, Ricky. Like my. L- yeah. Anyway, my pitch was going to be a seltzer that tastes like water. So basically, a beer that doesn't taste like a. Well, you can colo on this. <laughs> I like the way you think. Yeah, this is where this is where I start pushing my check across the table slowly. <laughs> it's just spa- supposed it's, to be the other way around. It's just spa- yeah. it's just sparkling water, and you just serve it to people, and they're like, "Oh, you can hardly taste the ABV." Yeah. It's it's ten percent minus ten percent ABV. Wake wants to say something. What what's what's Gabs? Oh, oh God damn it! Wake. It's like an For sake. Even the guests hate you. Um, I want to be good to him. There's always that one guy. Yeah. It's like it's like a it's like a beer festival where all the beers are terrible. So, so maybe we should start with actually explaining what the acronym is of the Great Australian Beer Spectacular. So it's like Comic Con for <laughs> beer geeks. There's so many, there's wow. so many fedoras getting tipped. You can't even keep up with it. You absolutely hit the nail on the head with that one. The sad, target, target market, perfect. The sad thing is, we were actually going to be uh, live from Gabs this year. Uh, the Gabs crew had organised for us to have a film crew and we were going to walk around and uh, Papa Sweden himself was going to interview people wearing my fuck bolter only drink Canteon t-shirt. It's better than your uh, <laughs> your Jurassic Park jumper that you wore last year. Yeah, well, that's true. That's an iconic moment. It makes me sad that I'm actually wearing a Canteon shirt right now. <laughs> Dressed I'm up peak, for the occasion. I'm peak neckbeard. Great. <laughs> well, speaking of peak neckbeards, uh, Chunky Dates is... Peak Omnipolo vibes. Mm. Uh, I get very, very strong Omnipolo vibes from this beer I'm in a ne- very I'm never good way. this glass. Oh, really? Give the people what they want. Jeepers. No, this is, yeah, this is very. The hype was delightful. real on that one. Yeah, the hype oh. was very real. <laughs> the hype was real. Just quietly, have you guys actually looked at the Instagram page for Get Chunky Cookies? No. no. Yeah, you, shout you, out to Get really Chunky. Like shout you, out to Get you, Chunky. Should. Shout out to Main Liquor. That's how that one uh, came about. Yeah, chunky cookies. You every one hundred percent look at their Instagram page. They need to change every, the name to Chunky though. Their <laughs> cookies, <laughs> chunky. Are, their, their cookies are so outrageous. Okay. Yeah, I like this. Instant like beaters. Instant beaters. Instant. Like you oh, look at that page. And holy you shit! Actually, yeah. yeah, that's. They got that. Uh, they got that whole New York. Uh, what's the very famous New York cookie? The Lavion or whatever it is. The big. Split in half, chunky boy. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah, you actually. I actually feel uncomfortable. Looking at that Instagram page. So you know, like thirty seconds in the microwave, and they are the most gooey, delicious, fucking chocolate cookies. Wow, I thought. Yeah, I, I thought W. Admit, I thought like, WA yeah. sucked so hard, and you guys have some okay things. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Coming from the kings of isolation themselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've been isolated for twenty yeah, years. We've We're not going to stop doing it now. We've, exactly we've right. been isolated for two hundred years, champ, <laughs> and longer. And yeah. we love the pub, <laughs> and we can Thanks, drink Dad. at the pub. Sorry. To Same. Yeah, the same, same hey, to our Melbourne friends, which is uh, 66% of our listeners, how good's the pub? Welcome back. Love you guys. Yeah. 
back. Welcome back. And to our, Welcome back. To our like seven American listeners, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good, man. It feels yeah. good. Um, look, guys, that's that's great. the end of uh, episode 53. Uh, we, we thank the boys, Ricky and Hamish, so much for being on the show. Uh, it's uh, been a long time due. It has been a long time due and we are very appreciative of their time, especially on a Sunday, a time of recording and uh, post uh, Bucks nights and all sorts uh, over <laughs> there. Post done, rock juice launch. Yeah, it's post rock post juice day launch. of hangover. When you first said post rock juice launch, I was just like, "Cool, you guys released a hazy beer. Like that's that's fine. That's no reason to be lit." But that <laughs> beer is delicious. Ten percent, and I'd take it all back. Yeah, and there's when you drink three, four, five, six, seven pints of it in a night. Oh, on it's on times at the time on draft. Oh, yeah, filthy yeah. stuff. It's great. <sighs> and then you start ordering I'm margaritas in that. Yes. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, of course, we also thank uh, Jimothy, my papa, uh, for being Your, your barbecue dad himself. My barbecue dad uh, for if being you, on the show uh, as well. We haven't given him much love tonight, but uh, if we do get him on again, uh, hit up, in the meantime, Instagram season on fire. Very, very strong local business. And we might talk a little bit about his little fermentation career. In our future app. Oh, okay. Little teaser there. The dirty side of things. The dirty well, side of things. But also works at Shambles Brewery, so shout out to Shambles Brewery. Shout as out well. to Shambles, good uh, homies. A Big great ups. local brewery that we enjoy very much. And I've uh, had the pleasure of trying great beers. Shout out to Shambles Brewery as well. Nice. Good, good. That's what we love to hear. Um, and also, obviously, thank you to our Patreon for making the show happen. We appreciate you guys so much. <laughs> Uh, much love and lasers. Much loves and lasers. Uh, yeah, so that that's it. Let's, oh, uh, do you want to acknowledge the elephant the, in the room? Yeah, the, the dude that you got sitting over in the corner over there, is he? Who keeps washing out your fucking glasses every time well, you switch. Well, we're, uh, we're experienced guys. Mate, doing a great job. he's washing out your glasses every time you have a beer, mm. yet nothing over this side. I've got six empty glasses now, like disgusting mixed culture between them. Mate, like, who hired him, okay? Do you know the sad part is I only realised the the abbreviation was for work experience guy. I thought that was his name. I thought that was his nickname. Hey, hey, hey. I don't want you to think I don't want you to think of him as a person because I don't. Wow. Bring out the gimp. <laughs> Little uh, pop fiction you know, reference. I he's, like it. He's got a big clean up after the show, so let's put not, not not too much pressure on him. Uh, he's got quite a few glasses to clean, so Look, that's, that's his problem, not ours. It feels great. So, <laughs> and on that note, uh, this is uh, episode 53 of the Step Brewers podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Toodaloo. Thanks for listening to the Step Brewers podcast. If you like the show, be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave a review to help other beer lovers discover the podcast.